The following program is recommended for ages 18 and over due to adult content. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Behind the Scenes, a look at some of the sometimes steamy inside of Hollywood with your host, Hollywood executive and former Victoria's Secret model, Summer Helene. Our program features the gossip, the dish, and the stories of what's really going on behind your favorite movies, television shows, and celebrities from the people who are involved in the industry. Now, here is your host, Summer Helene. G'day, g'day guys. Welcome to Behind the Scenes. I'm your host, Summer Helene, and we are on with my co-host, host of the Militant Moderate, Paul Michael Bolin, as I choke. Um, <laughs> usually we go into a lot of really depressing stuff mm. uh, before the show and talk about what a pain in the butt uh, Hollywood is, but today we're just going to talk about what a pain in the butt Hollywood is in the show. Mm. And uh, right off with some dis- you know, with some bad, well, some depress- somewhat semi-depressing stuff, I guess. Or face-palming stuff, I guess you would call it. Mm. Probably. Right, so welcome to the show, people. All right, so what are we talking about today? Well, we're going to start with the new rule on set. Um, they're wanting everyone to be vaccinated. Child actors aren't allowed on set without being vaccinated, and they're talking about doing it in the porn industry and the film industry. Uh, okay, porn industry, are they really that organized? Uh, as far as... <laughs> No, I think someone's trying to make a rule and not really taking into account how uh, disenfranchised the entire industry is. Right, yeah. And as far as, like, uh, to to anybody out there who wants to work on a movie set, they're kind of a petri dish of uh, all sorts of, you know, weird things. You know, it's like, you know, it's... Remember, if, if you've ever been to, like, uh, after a festival concert, you know, what the festival site looks like. It's kind of what, like, a film set looks like. You're using, like, uh, portable lavatories. The, there tends to be trash everywhere. Mm-hmm. As much as we like to talk about how environmentally friendly we are, that crying Indian just would, be, like, walk by, like, every freaking time that, that I've been. It, yeah, we're yep. not good. Good. So yeah, we try and put it back when we break down. We do try and put it back together, but we've definitely trampled the shit out of the area. Yeah. I'd like to remind everyone every time we swear, we give money to Boys and Girls Club of America, we give money to um, the Humane Society of America, and free MMA. So remember, we're doing it for charity, guys. Okay, sorry. Mm. <laughs> That's right. Lex is the one that has to count in the background. She's going to kill you. I hate you so much because you say it so lo- low that I really have to listen in to actually be able to count it. So it makes it even more difficult. <laughs> For those that don't know, that is my assistant, Alexis. She's the one Love that counts you. every time we swear. <laughs> um, but I, I think I, I kind of agree with it. We've got a measles outbreak right now. And I think mm-hmm. vaccines have been a victim of their own success. Once upon a time, we were really concerned with, you know, polio and tuberculosis and measles and these these diseases. But now that they've gone, they've kind of gone out of of our consciousness. I think people forget, at least people in the United States, um, because it's been gone for so long, what it was really like to see children whose legs and bodies were bent from polio, to see what it's like to see someone in an iron lung. I don't think any, uh, we're, I'm not that old. 
All right. Uh, but there's the uh, now I, I'm I'm going to be somewhat somewhat doubtful, but uh, vaccines are one of the greatest inventions that mankind has ever made. I think Let's it's the greatest. It I think well, vaccines you know, and antibiotics would be the two greatest cheese, steps cheese, forward in human history. Yeah, but cheese in a can—that's pretty awesome. Now, uh, uh, yes, but you know, <laughs> penicillin. Um, Still, it's you just press it and boom, right? It's like right there on the cracker. It's like awesome. All right, <laughs> so uh, there's Rand Paul has a thing where uh, I think maybe vaccines. And the drug companies who make the vaccines may have gone a little bit overboard or uh, were he said that the amount of vaccinations that a child gets before the age of five is pretty high now. And, and, yet, and they may I, I, be able they may be able to like be spaced out later. Like uh, he, he brought up. I remember seeing a speech where he brought up a that I'm not going to get my kid vaccinated for a sexually transmitted disease when he's under a year old. Um, so I'm going to have to disagree with Rand Paul and go with the advice of the medical community that he's sexually transmitted. He's a mark for the medical community. He's not an expert in vaccines. I, I have heard him talk uh-huh. and a lot of what he's saying is to placate people that don't like vaccines. But on the flip side, when you're saying not vaccinating your child for sexually transmitted diseases, diseases, specifically the disease that children are vaccinated for is HPV. Which mm-hmm. causes cancer. Um, it right. causes. That, it could cause, pushed, that could be pushed off to like three or four. It, it, it can't. The reason it can't is because if the mother carried it, vaccinating under that age stops mm-hmm. the child from developing it. If they're vaccinated That's later, if the mother if the mother has it, it's but, a, but my kid there doesn't aren't, have. That's fine. Uh-huh. If the mother or father carried it, and even if the mother or father carried it. Sometimes people do not test positive, and they don't find out until the kid well, is well into in their thirties. Yeah, especially, especially in the case of the fathers, because uh, it's, it's like completely untraceable in men. It is, my, and that's the think, problem. Am I thinking of the right? Am I thinking of you the are, right? You are thinking of the yeah. right thing. So he just says that they can be spaced out a little bit longer, and they they, they kind of, can't. I, I've been through, so the only reason I know this one uh-huh. is because I adopted kids that were older. Uh-huh. And one of the things I said is they're going to give them the vaccine to protect them if they're exposed to it. But if they were born with it, which they couldn't tell um, in one of them, right. there is absolutely nothing they can do. It's just mm. that simple because he didn't get it young enough. Mm. So it's it that one is incredibly necessary. And to call it um, a, a, a shot for a sexually transmitted disease is uh-huh. really skewing it. Because it's to prevent cancer. Well, yeah, but parents are via a sexually transmitted disease. It, he it just is, thinks it can, he but just that's like calling be... Zika a sexually transmitted disease. Just because it can go through sex doesn't mean mm-hmm. that it's just a sexually transmitted disease. That's not the only way you can get it. Hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I'm not a parent, so I don't have to... Uh, I I haven't uh, had to come up against this, but I, I also I was also listening to a podcast not too long ago about this, where they said that. Uh, and what I do find troubling, like especially there was a uh, uh, we had an anthrax va- vaccination for our troops. Yep. Uh, they were well. They were well. This particular vaccinate 
this particular uh, <laughs> vaccination was about was a bunch of it was made like right after 9-11 because we had those uh, vaccinations there. Yep. And then the drug company made it uh, lobbied the government to make it mandatory for all of our soldiers to have this vaccination about four months before they would all uh, hit their expiration date. So that's a little sketchy. That's not okay. But I don't believe in drug lobbying. Off the bat, yeah, I think that's, in Australia we call lobbying what, bribery. That, bribery. That was, that's what kind of skews this whole freaking thing. I think that no. there needs to be a point. Um, and by the way, the guys did need anthrax vaccinations. Um, my ex-husband went out with the first wave. And they uh-huh. were absolutely exposed to it. Right, but we're 100%. talking like 2000, we're talking 2015 for standing I, members that weren't going I, anyway. Yes, uh, but the congressional these guys come, podcast did a whole so, thing about that. Yeah, the guys going over there, absolutely. But even yeah. the guys here, there's been anthrax mm-hmm. mailed to units. Um, the Los Angeles Police uh, Station over mm-hmm. at Rampart about two years ago had a package of anthrax, a package with anthrax sent to them. Um, and the fact that most of them were ex-soldiers and had been immunized against this uh, mm-hmm. was was brilliant. But some of them did get ill. And that was here in Los Angeles. That was over at Rampart um, oh. near East L.A. So I'm not opposed to it. Um, I actually think that people in law enforcement, as well as soldiers, should be vaccinated against that. I think the more protection we can give them, the better. Because That's I do know guys that have fine. come in contact Just with the that. the maker of that particular... You oh, know, I'm, they did this in a shitty, shady way. <laughs> really freaking shady, and I, of, I agree. And just about all of our soldiers, like all of our military, I think, like just like I think they vaccinated like everybody. I'm not sure. Uh, I forget uh, the Congressionalist podcast. I've talked about it like fantastically before. I'll uh, give Alexis a link to that episode because it Please, it is really bad. Right. So I'm not, I, I don't believe in lobbying, um, but it's a catch 22. Yeah. I also do not believe you should have the choice not to vaccinate your children. I don't think all children should be at risk because someone's undereducated. I also don't think everyone should be at risk because drug companies have the right to lobby. So. Yeah, that's um, where the middle ground has to be found. That's, you know, because it's lobbying in, in, you know, I mean, you're basically just paying somebody to get to your representative in a, on a face-to-face basis. But then the money comes involved, and that's where it's it gets. That's where it it loses my support. Again, where I come from, we call it bribery. Uh-huh. So it's a little bit different. Um, I just I think. I'm not opposed to people needing to be vaccinated to be on film sets. I'm not. And I think that for those that don't want to vaccinate your children, you know, vaccines have side effects. You know, I'm getting older. I'm getting fatter. I'm getting wrinkles. That's a side effect of vaccination. Um, But I think that people don't... (laughs) I'm aging. The way you framed that, it was like, okay, if you don't get vaccinated, you won't age. A lot of times, yeah. I think people forget why we vaccinate. Because measles can kill you. Polio can kill you. Oh, in that direction. Okay, mm-hmm. fair enough. Um, <laughs> Trying to be know, ironic. Tuberculosis can kill you. And, you know, I, I have lupus. 
I don't want to be near someone that's not vaccinated. And I don't have a good immune system. And I don't think people have the right to put other people at risk. What works about vaccination is herd immunization. Does it which really means hurt other people if you're if you're the one who's not vaccinated? Is I don't know. Yes. I don't know. If, yeah, so if no, you, you are screwed, but uh, as far as no, yeah, everybody else, e- everyone else, um, Kimberly, my, my daughter ended up um, right when I got her, right when I adopted her, um, mm-hmm. she hadn't been immunized against a lot of things right. and she caught them and carried them because she hadn't. So I didn't right. let her go to school till any of that was fixed. Well, yeah, because you don't know who else isn't. Well, it's not about them. Even if they are vaccinated, they uh-huh. might get it, but they'll get it mildly. I don't think huh. I have the right to put other people's children at risk. Well, and vaccinations before that you don't, you just don't get it. That's not true. So some vaccinations oh, okay. work that way. So measles, mumps, rubella, things like that. Um, you might get a mild case. Chickenpox, you might get a mild case, but it stops you from getting severely ill and dying. Um, when you look yeah, at the flu shots. You know, you have the Spanish flu, you have very severe flus that go through. The flu shot isn't going to stop you from getting sick, but it will stop you from getting dead. And that's the point of the vaccinations. It's not just to make sure you don't get the sniffles. It's not like the measles or the sniffles. It sends adult people sterile and dead. It sends children dead. It's, It's a very, very severe illness. It's not like it's red spots. Um, and I think that's what people miss is it's not just you, you're putting at risk and herd immunization, which is where, you know, most people are immunized. It stops it from spreading. And we, we have completely eradicated smallpox and that was because of immunization. Mm -hmm. And, you know, now we had almost completely eradicated the measles and that's now huge. How are they going to check? How are they going to check? If it's eradicated? No, no, no. As far as, uh, yes, you can come on this film set because you've had your immunization. How do you check? How do you know? How do you check? Uh, It'll be, you bring your paperwork. I don't have my paperwork. Well, I got a scar on my arm, but, you know, I mean, you know, my immunization has happened. It'll I, it'll probably just be in, long knowing 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 entertainment, it'll probably just be in it'll probably just be in your contract saying you have to be immunized to be on set. Mm. Um, I'm just I guess I'm not opposed to it. I've seen third world countries. If if you haven't been to third world countries and seen people dying, no, no, I grew up in Detroit. It's fine. Okay, good. You got it. You got it. Um, <laughs> but I think what I find saddest is America is now the one spreading measles globally. America is now the one making people ill, and they were. 25 years ago at the forefront of um, stopping this. So kind of have to blame Hollywood a little bit for that. Oh, I blame Hollywood 100%. Looking at you, Jenny McCarthy. Seriously, somebody needs to drown her. By the way, the guy that Jenny McCarthy keeps quoting is discredited, is not a doctor, um, and has been disproven repeatedly. Yeah. Yeah, he's thrown out of the medical... Yes, he was a doctor. Apparently, when he wrote that paper, that she and my heart goes out to her. She, she, her kid wound up autistic, and I remember seeing a pen and uh, it was like pen and Teller's bullshit. Uh, it's like yes, there are more cases of autism because we're a lot better at uh, diagnosing. diagnosing it. Yeah, 
There are a lot more cases of autism because children aren't dying. There are a lot more cases of autism because we know what it is. There are a lot more cases of lupus now than there were 100 years ago because they want a name for it. That's what happens. We are what going they to... <laughs> Pardon? I have no idea what they called it before. But we have to um, go to they break. They called it fainting spells. Yeah. When we come back, we're going to be on with Jennifer McVeigh. She's a uh, certified clinical hypnotherapist. Um, she's absolutely incredible. I went to see her. She's used hypnot- uh, hypnosis and hypnotherapy. She's, well, I'll, I'll tell you all about it when we get back because right. we're really, really, really late for break. Okay. We'll be back. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Can you truly be a change agent in your community? We think you can. Tune in every week for Envision with co-hosts Thomas Rosenberg and Ronnie Langer Kroger. The show is all about building an inclusive and just future by connecting people with ideas. Connect with what's happening in your community, your country, and around the world as we speak with amazing guests who are fostering change and making their communities better. Envision is heard live every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Variety Channel. Where can you learn about EasyWayPromotions.com's social media marketing, brand positioning, and more? Easy Talk Live. Where can you get tuned into celebrities in the business world? Easy Talk Live. Where can you learn about entrepreneurment? Easy Talk Live. Every week, host Eric E.Z. Zuli and his celebrity friends talk about global causes, offer tips and tricks that you can use right now on social media, and give you the chance to promote your projects on Easy Talk Live. Every Saturday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have you checked out Teen Wealth Radio? It's a show for teens, their parents, and educators. Hosted by Brandy England, along with regular weekly contributors, Teen Wealth Radio will cover the topics that teens need to talk about. Plus, we discuss a book of the week and a movie of the week, and each show will offer a challenge to our teen listeners that they can share on our private Facebook group page. Be sure to tune in to Teen Wealth Radio, live every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific, on Voice America Variety. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You are listening to Behind the Scenes with host Summer Helene. To connect with the show today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to bts at summerhelene.com. Now let's go back behind the scenes. G'day, g'day, guys. Welcome back to Behind the Scenes. I'm your host, Sam Helene, and we are on with my co-host, host of Militant Moderate, Paul Michael Bolin. And I'm very, very excited to introduce to you Miss um, Jennifer, uh, Jennifer McVeigh. Her career is founded on her passion, the passion of helping people around her. She wants to help people heal their past, shift their consciousness by working with herself to master and manage her own challenges. She's created a spiritually based practice that allows her clients to be comfortable with the process of inner change that transforms the, their lives. Um, she's written and published 19 books in spirituality and self-help. She's created and produced over 600 audio sessions, 200 eBooks, 
Um, she has hundreds of products in four different shops online. Uh, that her quotes, images, and artwork are also available online. So I'm going to ask her for a link because I want to know where to go. And I have to tell you, I've gone in and chatted with her, and you guys know me, I never shut up. I sat there chatting with her the whole time. She's amazing. Um, but she's working with, like, Jared Fiorda. He's a friend of the show. She's prepping with him before his next fight. So I'm really excited. Uh, Jennifer McVeigh, welcome to the show. Oh, Hi. Hi. Okay, we were saying we were going to see you. <laughs> well, welcome. Well, and, so I and, ran and, through your... And Jennifer, just to be forewarned, we totally screwed up, and we only have like seven minutes for the second. I know we're, we're like running, yeah. running, trying to get on with you, going through the bio. I gotta ask you now. I, I have to ask you. I've been in with you. I think you're wonderful. Um, for people that aren't familiar with hypnotherapy, can you tell everyone a little bit about it? Um, well, hypnosis is a natural state of consciousness, so nobody has to be worried. You're fully aware of everything that's going on. Um, a good hypnotist, all their job is, is to feed back to you what you said to them so that the part of you that does things automatically understands what you want. Our first question on Twitter is, what does a bad therapist do? Uh, you get a time. <laughs> no more questions on Twitter for you. Uh, oh, we only have seven minutes, though, right? So. No, 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 yeah. just, just go. Um, no, so I, what got I, you into I, doing I, hypnotherapy? Do, I, I missed that one. What got you into doing hypnotherapy? Um, I love the mind. It's one thing I get bored easy, and it's one thing that you could never get bored with. You could never learn everything about it. And every single person that you meet, that you talk to, is completely different. That's interesting. <laughs> why Why do you think hypnotherapy benefits people? Sorry, I'm just going to grill you. I've got a million tw questions oh, yeah, coming in on Twitter me. right now. Um, it benefits everyone, right? It would all do it differently, every session, everything that you worked with yourself about, because you have a subconscious mind. And your conscious mind, so think about it like this. If you're focused on something, you're very aware of what you're focused on. While you're focused on whatever it is that you're doing, whether it's a conversation or um, walking down the street, your body is doing a hundred different things, right? You can think about this, you can think about that, your heart's feeding, maybe you're digesting your food, all of those other things that you're not aware of that keep your life going and keep you going is the part of you that you access with hypnosis. So, so it's working with like you your do, lizard anybody brain. Anybody does automatically. Hmm? It's working with your lizard brain. Uh, well, it's, it's, it works with all different levels depending on how you talk to that person and the level that they can get into. But your subconscious mind is the one that keeps your habits in place, controls your emotions, takes care of your body. And that's the part that's always listening to us every moment of every day, but we very rarely speak to it in a way that gets us what we want. Huh. Sounds like Siri. <laughs> yeah. It's like Siri for the body. So how can you, if somebody wanted to speak to their subconscious or wanted to speak to themselves in a way that is going to get them what they want, what would you recommend? Um, <clears throat> to learn how to put themselves in a meditative state. Because you have to be, you can't be in two states of consciousness at the same time. So you can't be wide awake and be talking to or having your subconscious mind or your body communicate through you, right? You would have to switch. It's like um, if you're thinking... 
Oh, I don't know. That's a good way to explain this. If you have a memory that comes up, right? If it's a really good memory, then you'll have good feelings. If it's a bad memory, you'll have bad feelings. Sometimes it's easy to remember that thing. Other times you have to think about it. All of those feelings and all the associations are all the things that are in your subconscious mind. So my advice would be if they want... hmm. Sorry. Go ahead. (laughs) <laughs> well, if, if someone, a lot of people that listen in here are interested in the entertainment industry, they're trying to get ahead. Um, for someone that wants to get ahead, what kind of meditation should they be doing? Well, <clears throat> I would have them, like if they came in to see me, we would talk about what holds them back. Like what are the little tiny things that you ignore that you don't want to look at? And I would make peace with those or have them make peace with those or see some of those things that we see as faults. Maybe they're not faults at all. Maybe you have that thing or that whatever for a reason. That makes sense. In your experience, what is the biggest benefit of hypnosis? Comfort with self. Interesting. Now, where can everyone find your books before... hmm. Sorry. Oh, Amazon. <laughs> well, I Amazon. figured before we get caught up talking, because Paul and I always go over time. Yeah. I, I, I wanted to make sure everyone knows where to find your books. Oh, thank you. <laughs> so you can find them on Amazon. Uh, what is your most popular book? What book do you recommend everyone reads? Um, <clears throat> well, they're affirmation books. And then I have some others. You can find them on Goodreads. Um, but it depends on what you want. Like the affirmation books are really clean. They're really simple. They are kind of pretty pictures. Um, and it will actually, if you read them and you look through them, it'll teach you how to talk to your subconscious mind. And the Why subconscious do you think it's like a, a very, website or Twitter or Facebook? Where can people find you? Oh, everywhere. Changes made easy is usually my handle. Okay. There we go. I like that. We're going to have to have you on because I have 8 million questions we're not going to get to. But we only give you half the time we normally do because we kind of screwed up in the other one. Because I really want to find out if you can actually make people, you know, uh, squawk like a chicken at random events. But, you know, that's a whole other thing. Paul, you are not allowed to try and make anyone squawk like a chicken. You do it on purpose. (laughs) Now, if someone wants to succeed, you've said the best thing they can do is learn to speak to their inner self. What happens if that's out of balance? What happens if you don't know how to get to your inner self? Well, your inner self is always listening to you, right, because it's part of you. But a good way to tell if there's any part of you that's out of balance, or I call it a block, right, is that if anything in your life is not going right and you don't have absolutely everything that you want, then you have a block. I like that. Because if every single, <laughs> if every part of your mind, right, and self is in alignment, there wouldn't be any hiccups. That's a good point. Wow. I have no idea what my alignment looks like these days. Probably like a fireworks show. Mm. <laughs> and it's not like it's bad, right? It's not like you have to go to hypnotherapy because there's something wrong with you, right? You're programmed with everything that you hear and that you read and constantly, you know, taking all this stuff outside of you into you. It's really like kind of cleaning you up. Right? Just like your window gets dirty just because it's a window and the wind blows. So it's kind of the same thing with like your mind. 
I like that. Uh, we have a whole lot of questions for you and we ran over time. Is there <laughs> any way we could talk you into coming back on the show? Oh, I would love that. Okay, I'm, I'm going to hold you to it. I said it on, You said it on air, so you have to. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll try not to screw up like we did last time. Sorry. We're pretty good at screwing up. Well, uh, now, can you tell everyone, do you have a Twitter? Do you have a Facebook? Where can everyone find you? Um, I'm pretty easy at Changes Made Easy. And um, I think Facebook, I'm just under my name, Jennifer McFay. Alexis, can you please Thanks, put up some SEO. links for everyone? Of course I can. Perfect. And can you please get her back on the show because I have a whole bunch of questions and I'm getting uh, a lot of hate mail right now. And we're over it again. There we go. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely. Well, thank you so, so much for coming on. I'd love to discuss your books some more. Um, Can we get you? I'm I'm going to try and get you on next week. Great. Well, thank you very, very much. Guys, when we come back, uh, one, stop sending me angry stuff. <laughs> Two, and we'll, um, we'll be chatting we'll, some more. Yes. And I want to say thank you very, very much to Jennifer McVeigh. Um, please go check out her books. She really is amazing. I've been into her myself. Guys, when we come back, we are going to be on with Arnel Minow, a critic for, well, you who and... BeliefNet and a whole bunch of different things. So we'll be Which talking you about will that. Happily we explain once we get back from break. Yes, I know. We gotta go. We gotta go. We gotta go. All right. Thank Bye. you, guys. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast all the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. If you are interested in real estate in America's largest city or anywhere, be sure to listen for Good Morning New York Real Estate with Vince Rocco. Although our focus is on Manhattan and other real estate markets in and around New York City, we'll have plenty of information that will help you successfully buy, sell, and close a transaction no matter where you are in the world. Good Morning New York Real Estate with Vince Rocco can be heard every Tuesday at 9 a.m. in New York, 6 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Tune in to The Patricia Raskin Show on VoiceAmerica.com every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time. This is the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions with the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio, Patricia Raskin. So tune in and call in to The Patricia Raskin Show, Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. What defines your success? Is it success in your business? Success in your personal life? Is it more money? Is it meaningful relationships? How about your passion? Listen for Taking Care of Business with host David Wallach. David's guests share their challenges and what they did to overcome them. What if you can let your passion for success lead you to your success? Taking Care of Business is broadcast live every Tuesday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time and 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. You are 
listening to Behind the Scenes with host Summer Helene. To connect with the show today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to bts at summerhelene.com. Now let's go back Behind the Scenes. G'day, g'day, guys. Welcome back to Behind the Scenes. I'm your host, Summer Helene, and we are on with Nell Minow. She's an assistant editor, a movie critic, and uh, she has an archive of over 3,000 reviews. More can be found at moviemom.com. She appears on radio stations across the country every week talking about new theatrical and DVD releases. Her books include The Movie Mom's Guide to Family Movies, now it's in and now in its second edition, and 101 must-see movie moments. If you guys want to check her out, you can find her on Twitter at Movie Mum. You can find her on Facebook at The Movie Mum. And for those that keep writing me, yes, I say Mum, but it's M O M. Thanks for that, though, guys. I'm really, really excited. Can I? Yeah, you're like halfway between Mom and Mum, but yeah, yeah, it's it confuses it's people. Mum. I'm trying to say, I'm like the movie mom. I got it. We'll See, call, there we'll you call go. That you got it. Yeah. All right. We'll say now that. Well, g'day. Welcome to the show. Well, thank you very much. I'm very happy to be on the show. Now, I have to ask you, how did you get into reviewing films? You know, I've always loved movies. My father found a letter not too long ago that he wrote to his father, my grandfather, after he took me to my first movie when I was four years old. And he said, Nell is so in love with the movie she wants to go every day now and that really hasn't changed all these years later uh so i started writing movie reviews for my high school and college papers i studied film in high school and college and then i went to law school and i did law things for a long time and i did other things uh and other kinds of writing but when the internet started i said you know what i think i could have a website and uh put movie reviews up and at that time the World Wide Web was brand new. There was not one corporation or publication on the web. And most websites were people in their dorm rooms, you know, putting up pictures of their cats. And uh, so it was quite a new thing. And I started writing these movie reviews, and five years later, the Internet had kind of grown up around me. And, um, and uh, Yahoo, which hadn't even existed when I started, asked me if I would become their critic. And then that led to writing a book and being on the radio and all of that. So... I guess I would say that uh, I have the three most important qualifications for being a movie critic. I can watch an infinite number of movies. I don't care. It's a bad movie, a good movie. I'm happy to watch a lot of movies. Uh, I like to write a lot, and I'm kind of a smart aleck, meaning that I enjoy criticizing things. So it's a good combination. I like that. Now, I I do want to say... I, I have to give a quick shout out to documentTheAbuse.com, guys. If you are in an abusive relationship, please make sure to document that. Uh, you can find that at documentTheAbuse.com. Seriously, get out. I do want to give a shout out to Adrian Alcantara Hair Studio. Thank you for making me red carpet ready. Aspen Mills Bread Company. Thank you for all your charity work. Scott Haskin. Thank you for the awesome intro music. Jennifer McVeigh. We just had her on. Um, phenomenal to hypnotherapist. Flat Black Art Supplies. Um, thank you guys for your charity work, Off-Road Rentals. We're going to do free giveaways. I'm going to ask um, our very, very, very special guest, Movie Mom. Uh, no, I'm going to actually ask you a question about her. So if you want a free ATV ride or a float at uh, uh, True Rest Sedona or Las Vegas, tell us when um, Movie Mom, the Movie Mom started doing this. So 
I'm curious about that and what company she worked for. And you can win a free ATV ride at Offroad Rentals in Palm Springs, California, or a free float at uh, True Rest, Sedona, Las Vegas, or a, free, a painting from Pino's uh, Palette in Palm Springs. Of course, thank you to Dr. Russ, who always helps us out with his new Palm Springs diet. You guys want to lose weight. It's a sublingual spray. works really well. And Griggs Vacuums, you're my assistant's grandfather. So for some reason, you end up on this list every week. I like that. Can you give us a question, something in one of your podcasts, in one of your, um, in one of your archives that everyone can find? Ask a question. Make them go look for it because everyone loves to get free stuff. We like to give away free stuff. So ask everyone a, a question. Okay, uh, let's see. Um, let them look and uh, let them look and see. Um, I, I did a list of um, the best Christmas movies that don't mention Tiny Tim or uh, It's a Wonderful Life, um, and uh, or uh, you know, or, um, or any of the usual, the White Christmas, the Don't Have Bing Crosby. So unusual but great Christmas movies. So ask them to find one of those. All right, guys, find that list, tell us what's on it, and we'll give you either a free ATV ride, a free painting, or a free float. Now, I have to ask you, you know, I, I, I couldn't be a movie critic. I'm, I'm kind of impatient. I'd walk out on bad movies. The first question we got uh, on I Twitter for I think that is you, kind of being a critic. Yeah. Well, the first, well I'd, I'd leave. I'd leave. The first question yeah. we got on Twitter for you is, what the is same. the worst movie you ever had to watch? By the way, oh my goodness, Irene, you're not allowed to say it. <laughs> um, you know, it, 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 the, the bad ones are okay because you have you get there are so many wonderful things you can say about a truly bad movie. It's the mediocre ones that kind of eat your brain cells because there's just nothing to say about them, and you sit there watching it, going, "What? What am I going to put in my review? You know, this is just so blah." Um, I would say that. Uh, that I very often think of uh, the worst movie that I ever saw is a terrible Robin Williams movie called RV. And I literally started crying oh, during yeah. that movie at that how bad it was. Good. Yeah. So that, that was a, that was a truly, truly bad one. Very Sonnefeld. Christian Shanoth was good in it, but that's about it. She has been in some <laughs> terrible movies. I love her. And mm -hmm. uh, I've seen her perform in person and, you know, she's, She's a fabulous singer, but she has got some bad taste in movies. She's been in yeah. about three or four of my top of my bottom twenty movies. That Christmas movie I don't that know she was if, in. I don't know if Hollywood knows knows what to do with Broadway uh, superstars. I really don't. Dan uh, I don't, well, problem. it's interesting because this week we've got Shazam with Zachary Levi, who of course was a TV star, but he was also a Broadway star. Uh, it it just uh, depends. Some of them um, some of them do very well, but it's a completely, as you can tell from watching the Tonys versus watching the Oscars, it's a completely right. different set of skills. Okay, the Tonys are better. Number one, the stage show is always better. Number two, um, of course, I, the Tonys are better because yourself. guess what? Live actor performers know how to perform live. Movie actors have no idea. They always get another take. Live actors I, have got so much poise and grace and experience yep. at being on stage. And the other thing about the Tonys is that they don't expect that everybody has seen all the plays. And so they will take the time to really tell you and give you an ex opportunity to experience some of those plays. And so it is yeah. a much more entertaining show. And that's why that, that wins the Emmy every year. That's, that's how they save thing. the Oscars. They need to copy the Tonys. And never let Anne Hathaway and James Franco host again. 
Well, together, Han- oh, I- I'd, my give Anne- I'd give Anne another shot. You know. <laughs> I Brian would too. Very lifelike. Mm-hmm. I didn't <laughs> go there with that bad. <laughs> I'll give you that. James Franco was very lifelike, and I would give Anne half. They weren't as bad as Seth MacFarlane. <sighs> I don't that know. At least he had like moments. That one, just, just everybody off in the room I was in. Yeah, so was that's fun. kind of. That's kind of and what it is. At least just you know what was following. good was this year when they didn't have a host. That was great. Yeah. Mm, yeah, it clicked by. I think they were going by really, really fast. I think it was the it fastest did. one in like twenty years or something I, like that. I totally agree with you. It was, it was, it was very, very good. And I thought that the musical number with Lady Gaga and Bradley Cooper was just lovely. Yeah, I don't know when that one's gonna. Where where did he get an opportunity to do something a performance like that? That was wonderful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it was. That's very rare. What is the best film you've ever critiqued? Sorry, I'm jumping back to Twitter questions because <laughs> people are getting grumpy. Well, there are you know there are so many films that I really love. Um, I do have a list of my favorite movies of all time because my darling husband, who's the most supportive and loyal and sympathetic guy in the world, finally sat me down and he said, you know. I love your enthusiasm, but I think over the time you and I've known each other, you must have mentioned a hundred movies as being in your top ten. So mm-hmm. I'm going to give you a pen and a piece of paper, and you're going to make a list of your actual top ten, and it can have no more than twenty in it. So I think that's you know the definition of a great husband is he allows me to have twenty movies in my top ten. But I li- I really love old movies, and so in my top ten there are a lot of old movies like um, the Philadelphia Story with Cary Grant, Catherine Hepburn, and Jimmy Stewart. But I like some new movies, too. I think the best movie that I've seen since the year 2000 was probably Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Oh, that's and a my great favorite, film. And my favorite uh, movie from last year. Was, I'm like the only person that hated that movie. Well, I liked it. Someday well, now, it'll hit you why that movie is so brilliant, but it is brilliant. And my favorite movie from last year, which is out on DVD this week, is... Um, is if Beale Street could talk from the same guy who did Moonlight, and I just think that's just an exquisite film. So I'm lucky that I do get to see a lot of great films. Here's a question for you: What do you think they're going to have Selena Gomez starring as Scarlett O'Hara in a remake of Gone with the Wind? Well, I don't think that's a very good idea. From about well, twenty thousand, that's 20, much nicer than what we said. <laughs> um, you know, I like Selena Gomez. Uh, but Gone with the Wind, first of all, is a timeless classic that could never be made today. The the politics of it, thank God we've come a long, long way uh, mm-hmm. since then. And um, and there's really no way to tell that story again today. It should be left the way it was. There are certain films that cannot be remade. Now, I'll tell you something. I'm not against remakes all the time. For example, people are always surprised to hear this, but the classic movie, The Maltese Falcon, with Humphrey Bogart uh, and Mary Astor, that was the third time that movie was made. Yeah, I was, I was going to say, that was about the th- I thought that was the fourth. Was it, It's the third, not the, not the second. That was the third. And, Fair. you know, that doesn't mean that they should do it again. But Star is Born yeah. is another good example. That was the fifth time that that story has been made. And so remakes can work. And... Yeah something like Invasion of the Body Snatchers, they remake it about every 15 or 20 years, and each mm-hmm. time it's really a commentary on what the issues are at that moment, and that's fine, too. It's like saying, you know, we're never going to have another production of Hamlet or King Lear. Of course we are. Right. That's fine. Or La Traviata. That's great. But I don't think, I don't think that, the, that, uh, that Gone with the Wind can withstand another, another version. 
Yeah, I'm. What uh, films my, do you like think my... no one should touch? Uh, Gone with the Wind. Citizen Kane. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'd like to remind everyone: every time we swear, we give money to the Boys and Girls Club of America, the Humane Society. Oh, in that America, case, maybe I'll start swearing. <laughs> Sorry, we we had to start doing that. We had um, Sean Patrick Flannerty on the show, and he said the F word like seventy. Alexis, how many times? Wow. Seventy-eight. Seventy. Yeah. I think it was seventy-eight. Fair so enough. yeah. So it's in the background. My well, good for the, yeah. for good for the boys' clubs. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I mean, you know, it, what's been really interesting to me is that these live performances of musicals on television. So the sound of music was not good, and I think that that again would be a, a movie that would be hard to remake. Uh, but their production of Jesus Christ Superstar, I think, was much better than the movie. So. Um, you know, I think almost anything can be done, uh, but uh, you've got to pick the right time and the right people. Yeah, I don't think anything's untouchable. I mean, in my top ten movies of all time, there are two remakes. Number one what being you got? Uh, my favorite movie of all time is John Sturgis' The Magnificent Seven. Yes, that is a great movie. Um, but, you know, they tried to remake it, and... I didn't, I, I didn't mind the Fuquath one. I'm actually looking forward to the director's cut because they're always more violent yes. than what we see on <laughs> on the screen, which is what he does, you know, very, very well. Well, what, very well. What films would you like to see remade? You know, I'm going to tell you a very obscure little film, uh, two a very obscure little films that I love and that I think are crying out for a remake, Okay. One of them is a film with William Powell and Myrna Loy, who are the actors who made more films together than anyone else in the sound era uh, and had fabulous chemistry with each other and, of course, made all the Thin Man movies, mm-hmm. the best depiction of marriage ever in movies. But they made a film that I really love called I Love You Again that I think would be a perfect movie to remake. Um, and, and it's about a con man who has had amnesia for 10 years and has been living a very quiet, boring life and all of a sudden remembers who he really is and falls in love with his wife all over again. I think it would be a great movie. And then there's a British film that I love called Laughter in Paradise about a wealthy man who dies and leaves money to his four relatives, but each of them is in a condition that they have to do something completely out of character for them. It's a very, very, very funny movie, and I think it would make a great, great classic to be remade. Taking taking notes, Summer? I am. Uh, Now, what film are you most looking forward to this year? Oh... That's a good question. Of course, like everybody else, I'm looking forward to the Avengers uh, uh, Endgame. Um, I hope they bring back a lot of the people they killed off in the last one. That's my it's main a comic concern. Book. They got other movies. They, they, nobody dies in a comic book. That's just that. I don't know because all of the yeah. actors want out and. Uh, you know, I think it's time for them to, you know, the nice thing about the Avengers, like the X-Men, they mm-hmm. are going to be, um, you know, moving on to other characters. And so, you know, I think we are saying goodbye to Iron At Man as we Sevens, know him. But not the Captain America character, because in the comic book, has been play- Captain America has been played by Bucky and the Falcon at some point. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Boy, so, so, yeah, that's the thing. I mean, that's one of the reasons that comic books are so interesting to me, is that they're really the only or- art form in human history that has 
had this this multi-author, multi-artist, multi-theme, multi-reboot kind of continuity issue. Uh, and I, you know, I think that's absolutely fascinating. I'm looking forward to the new John Wick movie. I thought the first two were a real hoot. Um, and uh, I think that, you know, the new Men in Black, I thought the, the, um, the trailer was fantastic. Uh, Toy Story 4, I think, is going to be amazing this year. Um, I'm not so much looking forward to the Lion King live action. I don't think that looks very good. Um, uh, the Aladdin I, I one mixed... works, looks a lot worse. Yeah, the Aladdin. Well, both, that, that was going to be my next question, is what, what film are you dreading? But if the answer is seeing Will Smith play the genie, I think everyone's dreading that. Mm. Yeah, that does look, with the blue just didn't work at all. I just have to say, mm. I'm also looking forward to the Fast and Furious Hobbs and Shaw. Doesn't that look like fun? Um, <laughs> I'm not looking forward to the Angry Birds movie, too. I thought the first one was terrible. I'm not really looking forward to the Downton Abbey movie. I think they've, you know, run through everything they can possibly do. They're making a movie? Uh, for that, I'm not yeah. looking forward yeah. to the... Maleficent movie. I didn't like the first one that much, and I don't think that the Tom Hanks Mr. Rogers movie is going to be that good. Really? The who? Well, Tom, you know what? Mr. Rogers. I love yeah. Tom Hanks, but how can it beat the wonderful documentary? I don't know. Hollywood didn't decide to nominate it. <laughs> that was craziness. That was total craziness. I don't know what that was about. Yeah, and I know the politics are going to be, but they, they nominated the RGB one, one, but not that one or the Robin Williams Come Inside My Mind one, you know. Yeah, and, I don't understand that at all. RGB is the only one, the only reason I'm signaling that out is because it's the only one I saw. That was a good one, though. It was, yeah. And it was better than the feature film about her. Oh, uh, yeah, I haven't seen that one, but no, the, the documentary I just thought was pedestrian. And for for the record, I didn't like the John McCain one either. So now, there were a lot of good bio docs last year. There was one about Father Hesburgh. There was one about the Pope, um, mm -hmm. and uh, and and uh, RGB and and Mr. Rogers. Those are all pretty good. Mm -hmm. What film most surprised you? Most surprised me. Um, to think about that for a minute. Uh, well, um, I—it's hard for a film to really surprise me. I, and you know, when they do, I—I re I really jump for joy because films—it's not a bad thing, but films tend to be very formulaic. You know, by yes. there are a million books explaining that by page three this happens, by page seventeen in the script this happens, and I think that that is true but i think a movie like eternal sunshine of the spotless mind that really did surprise me and i thought that was you know as i said one of the best films um that we're likely to see this century now we only have about seven minutes left i'm going to ask you um before we do the you know we'll tell everyone where to find you on social media again but if someone wants to become a film critic i've got people writing and asking how to do it what I'm advice sure. would you have for them well, what I always say when people ask me that is, okay, I've just waved my magic wand. Now you're a film critic, and you have to actually write the reviews. You know, most people, when they ask that question, they say they want to know how they can get paid for writing reviews. Well, the answer to that is you have to be an excellent writer. It's lovely that you care about movies. It's lovely that you maybe know about movies. Uh, if you don't know a lot about movies, know the history of the movies, um, 
have read a lot of books about how they're made, then that's a good thing to have. But most of all, you need to be a good writer. This is, we're living in a world where there are so many opportunities for people to get distracted. There are so many things for them to look at that you really have to be like Scheherazade. You need to bring them back to a reason to read you with every sentence. And uh, this is not your mother. This is not your teacher. This is not somebody that is automatically going to want to hear your thoughts. You have to find a vocabulary that does not include words like fantastic and incredible, which are words we use in conversation all the time, but don't tell you anything, really. They're They're not specific. They're not evocative. So you need to be an excellent writer. And if you are an excellent writer, and this is the example I always give, there was a out-of-work, recently made PhD who really didn't have anywhere to go or anything to do. So she just started sitting in her apartment and writing movie reviews. And her PhD was not in movies. It was in literature. And she started writing movie reviews. And within six months, the New York Times offered her a job because she was that good. She's now the movie critic for Slate, and, and I, I'm a huge fan of her work. So you ha- you ha- above all, a film critic is a writer, and you have to be a great writer. I think that's phenomenal advice. What made you decide when you, very, when you first started, what made you fall in love with the process? Well, it really had everything that, that I loved. I mean, just like anybody else who loved movies, I thought, well, would I like to make movies? Would I like to work in, in movies? And, and my daughter does. I have a daughter who's a costume designer in Hollywood, and her boyfriend is a screenwriter, and they really are working right in the heart of the movie industry. But what I do love is writing, and I do have a lot of opinions. I like to think about why things don't work. In my career as a lawyer, that was what I did. I looked at regulatory programs, and I looked at business plans and tried to figure out what was wrong with them. And, you know, I always say I'm kind of the quintessential bossy oldest child in the family, and that when I was in high school, one of my teachers said, do you think you could make a living as a smart aleck? And I didn't realize that she was being critical. I thought that that was career counseling. So, you know, I, I, it, <laughs> it fits my bent. I love to write. I have a lot of opinions, and... Um, and I love to watch movies, and it doesn't bother me to watch bad movies. So it's a, a great job for me. I'd say so. Um, we're yeah. at the very, very end of the at show. At least you can exact revenge on the bad movies. That's true. If that it, makes it, you and don't it. think that isn't very much in my mind. <laughs> you can turn around and say, well, this is what you get for making me watch that. Uh, we That's have about right. one minute left. I do want okay. to say to everyone, uh, they need to check you out. You can find her at Movie Mom on Twitter. You can find her at The Movie Mom on Facebook. And if people want to read your reviews, are there links there? Yeah. Well, the best way to read my reviews is to go to MovieMom.com. So go to MovieMom.com. Check it out. Um, go and read it, Read 101 Must-See Movie Moments. Read The Mum's Guide to Family Movies. It's in its second printing. I do want to say thank you so much for coming on and taking the time and joining us here. It's been a great pleasure. Thank you so much for having me on, and I'll be back anytime you want me. We're going to hold you to that. You said it on air. Right. That means you're stuck. <laughs> Thank you very, very much. Guys, go check her out. I want to say a very special thank you, of course, to my co-host, Paul Michael Bolin. You can mm-hmm. check him out on SoundCloud, Stitcher. Paul, help uh, me out here. I, iTunes, uh, Twitter, and, oh, oh yeah, Twitter, Facebook, and the YouTube channel. Uh, more, it, I'm, I actually got my first one half finished. So Good. So we're getting there. Coming. 
Um, guys, you know where to find me. I'm Summer Helene. I'm on Twitter. I'm on Facebook. I'm bloody well everywhere. I know because you all send me the messages. Thank you very, very much for joining us on Behind the Scenes. We'll see you guys next week. Thanks for checking out the show. Behind the Scenes can be heard live on the Voice America Variety Channel every Friday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific. Be sure to join Summer Helene for more Scoop next week.